Hello, good morning and thanks for joining us as we come to the part of our service where we look to unpack God's word together. When I was 12 years old we had to move house because of my dad's job and so we moved from Edinburgh to Perthshire and as a result I had to start a new school. You know, I was so nervous and I don't know if any of you watching have had the experience of going to a new school uh, but for me actually b- towards the end of primary school I had been a little bit bullied uh, and so I'd had my confidence a little bit knocked and so in some ways I was excited about the opportunity of a new start, a new beginning, uh, a chance to maybe make some new friends. But I also felt quite nervous about it. You know, what would they be like? Would I find any friends or, or would I get bullied all over again? Ultimately, the question on my heart was, would I be accepted? And so after we moved, it took me a wee while to to settle in and finally feel like I could be myself. And I remember a key moment being as we were on a school trip, we'd been to France and we were on the bus coming home. And on the on the way home, some of the teachers were giving out awards to the, to all the pupils. And one by one, they would read out our names, give us the award and everyone would kind of clap and cheer. And I remember in that moment being absolutely convinced that when the teacher said my name that people were going to boo or laugh at me. And so I was absolutely terrified about the teacher reading out my name. Finally, when she did, the bus began to clap and cheer just like they had for everyone else. And, you know, looking back, I know it's silly, but actually that felt like a moment for me where I was accepted, uh, where I'd become part of the group, part of the community. I finally felt able to be myself. You know, as I was reflecting on that, I was thinking about how actually we do have this kind of human desire for connection and for community. You know, to find that place where we feel that we're connected, accepted and that we can be ourselves. A place maybe where we feel like we're known, a place we feel safe and secure. And actually, I think that's part of how God designed us to, to do life in community and in connection with other people. To love, but also to be loved. And I don't think just in a romantic sense or a Hollywood sense of the word, but actually a deeply, deeply relational thing, a deeply relational kind of love. The kind of love that comes as we do life in community with people. The kind of love that we're capable of giving as well as receiving. But there's a problem with doing life with people and that is that it's not always easy and we see that all around us, don't we? We see in the world around us how so often people struggle to get on with one another. Increasingly there's disagreements, arguments, criticism. In fact, I think that's always been there as part of the brokenness of human nature. But I think sadly what we're seeing more and more of is that our tolerances for our differences with one another seems to be decreasing and I think that's sad. Because right at the heart of who we are, it is a desire to be loved and accepted. And so as the body of Christ, I think that we're called to model something different, a different way of doing things. To model what it is to live as a community, but also to live in unity. And so that's what I want to talk a little bit about today as we continue our series called Thrive, as we study the book of Ephesians together. One of the ways that I think we thrive, one of the ways that I think we do well is to have positive relational connections with people around us. People to love, people to cheer us on, people to encourage, people that we can practice generosity towards. And so as we come to Ephesians chapter 4, today we see how Paul is calling the church to live in unity together. 
as we live in community. So why don't we read together Ephesians chapter 4. So we're going to be reading from verses 1 to 16 in particular. So let's read together. Unity in the body of Christ. As a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Amen. Great. So in Paul's continuing message to the church of Ephesus, but also to the wider church, he continues to call us into this new way of doing life. In the last few chapters, we see how Paul's painted a picture of the new kingdom culture, that actually he shows how an alienated humanity has been restored to our Father, that uh, the fracturedness of humanity, we're now invited to, to live in unity together because of what Jesus did in the cross. And as we move past Paul's laying out of what it means to have a new life in Christ, he now takes us in chapter four to this place of response. Actually, because of what he's done, now here's what we should do. Here's how we should choose to live our life. And, and so Paul looks to exhort or to encourage us, choose a life that is worthy of your calling. That's what Paul tells the church. He is calling us to live in unity together. As the body of Christ, we have a calling. We have a purpose. And as the body of Christ, it is to represent him. It's to be his hands and feet, feet and to do what he would do. It's to live a life of love and servanthood in a way that would point people to the Father. That is the call on the body of Christ. And if you are a follower of Jesus, then you have that same call on your life today. We're all in this together. And so one of the beautiful things about human beings is actually how different we are. Actually, we all have different gifts and different creativities, different priorities, different perspectives on things. And in one sense, it's one of the most beautiful things about human beings. But in one and another, it can also be one of the most challenging things about doing life together. 
I wonder if any of you have seen the movie called Equilibrium. So it's been out for quite a while now, maybe I'm showing my age. It came out in about 2002 and it stars Christian Bale and Sean Bean. And it's one of these kind of post-apocalyptic futuristic movies that happens after a great world war and society community is trying to rebuild. And so the governments and people in power have decided that actually it was human emotion that has led to every world war and that actually human emotion is a dangerous thing. And actually that the way to live in a peaceful society is to take human emotion out of the equation. And so they develop this drug called prosium, uh, which basically eliminates feeling, eliminates emotions in people. And as you watch this movie, people dress the same, they look the same, and anything that kind of evokes emotion in you is banned. So it's strictly forbidden. So books, art, uh, music, all of these things are, are strictly forbidden. And, and feeling is actually a crime that's punishable by death. It's become a world in the movie that's about uniformity and conformity in order to promote peace and, and so everything is under this control and kind of order mentality and, and the world is living at peace. Sounds like a good way of doing it right? Except that God created us with emotion, that God created us with diversity and differences but still to live as community, still to live united and so in the kingdom of God, it doesn't mean that we're all supposed to suddenly become Christians and all look and act the same. You know, God has created each one of us to look differently, think differently, prioritise differently, and then he instructs us to live in unity. In that movie, the idea was about control and that uniformity brought unity and peace. But actually, unity is not the same as uniformity. The opposite of control is freedom and that's what God gives us. He gives us freedom. He gives us free will. He gives us freedom to choose. Freedom to choose how we respond to him. Freedom to choose our response to what he's done for us. You know, we get to choose how we love God. We get to choose how we love people. And so how do we live as one body in the midst of all these differences? And so there's four things that I want to touch on briefly, although I put them under three headings. Uh, and I want to draw these out from the chapter that we've just read there. And they are charity, and then unity and diversity, and then maturity. So those are the three headings that we're going to look at. And so the first is charity. So charity, if you look up the definition, is to give generously, generosity or helpfulness, especially towards the needy. Charity is often choosing to give when we don't expect anything in return. When we're talking about charity here, I'm talking about giving of our character, giving of our actions. You know, in verse two, it says to be humble, to be gentle, to be patient, bearing with one another in love. What Paul is asking us is to give generously in the way that we act and react to others. Actually, let these things be the marker of our lives. You know, not pride, not being prideful, but instead choosing humility. You know, not being aggressive and reactive, but actually to generously give our gentleness. Not to be easily frustrated or angry with people, but in instead to show patience towards people that we would turn our love on, as it were, with everyone that we look to connect with as a way of representing Jesus to those people. 
And so I think sometimes as well, those, those actions need to come through our connection with God. That actually sometimes we need to ask, to ask God to show us his heart from, for that person because sometimes it's really hard to love people. Sometimes it's hard to choose to respond with humility, gentleness, patience and love. And actually that in itself can be our act of worship because it costs us something to do. You know, the easy thing often to do is to react and to get angry and to get upset with someone. But I think the spirit that lives in us wants to teach us a new way of living, a way that is countercultural, a way that is different, that we would come in the opposite spirit of the world. I think we rarely regret showing kindness towards someone. But all too often, I know for me, I regret when I act in anger or when I react badly in a situation. And so God, I just want to pray this morning, would you teach us how to live generously with our emotions, how to respond and to react in in a way that is filled with grace and love. Lord, would you help us to, to be kind to people just as you have been kind to us? So yeah, God, just teach us. (laughs) Secondly, so the first was charity. And secondly, I want to look at how we have this balance of unity and diversity. In verse three, it says, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. In this chapter, Paul calls for unity of the body while recognising our diversity. We've already said that this unity doesn't mean uniformity. In fact, the beauty of the body of Christ is this incredible balance of unity and diversity. That actually it's about being united in purpose and united in love, but also about releasing the different gifts, um, the, the different gifts that God has given us in order to be able to achieve that. Paul actually goes on to highlight later on five different leadership gifts in the church. Uh, And these are strong but very, very different gifts and a real example of the diversity that we see. You know, we're not the same. Uh, And let's just look at these five giftings as an example. You know, he mentions the pastor, the teacher, the evangelist, the prophet and the apostle. So five distinct gifts, five people that would like to prioritise probably and do things differently. You know, I once heard it explained this way, which I found really helpful. So imagine the scene of a car crash. The first person to arrive on the scene is the pastor. He wants to prioritise making sure that everyone's okay. He locates each casualty, he assesses their injury, he gets coats and blankets to make sure that they're warm and they're comfortable and he looks after those injured casualties. Next on the scene is the teacher. He wants to know what happened and so he examines all the skid marks on the road and he assesses the damage of the vehicle and tries to piece together what was the likely cause of the accident. That was his priority. Next on the scene comes the evangelist. Whoa, says the evangelist to the casualties, you guys could have died. Do you know where your soul would have gone if you did? And he begins to evangelise and share the gospel with the casualties. Next on the scene is the prophet. He knew that this accident was going to happen and he also knew that no one was going to be badly injured because he had already been proclaiming God's angels of protection over the situation and over the scene. And finally comes the apostle apostle, (laughs) and he begins praying for supernatural healing over each one of of the casualties. Uh, And once their injuries are healed, he then releases them to go and to do the same for others. You know, I know that's just a silly example, 
but actually we see uh, that illustration how different people with different giftings can arrive in the same situation but want to prioritise these things differently. You, saw all, you see all those gifts are important in the kingdom of God and we need each one, we need every gifting. You know, all of those giftings focus on Jesus and, and, and all of those people point, all of those giftings, sorry, point people towards Jesus. And isn't that a picture of the church? That as the body of Christ, we all have different giftings and calling, uh, but, but the same heart to point people to Jesus. And actually it's as we come and as we submit our gifts to Christ, as we follow his leading and guiding, and as we bless and honour the giftings within each other, that's how we'll be truly effective. You know, you were created to be you and not to look like anyone else. But we are different and it is important that we honour the differences in one another. So actually, as we're united, even in unity, we can celebrate diversity. And as we do that, I think we build a momentum and an effectiveness for the kingdom of God as we release and honour the gifts in each other. I think there's more than one way of doing things. So unity and diversity. And finally, the last thing I wanted to draw out from this passage as we look to live in community is that we need to pursue maturity. And so in this final section in verses 14 to 16, there is this call to maturity. That actually we would no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves. In verse 15 it says, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head the mature body of Christ. And so we're all on this journey, right? We're all growing. Like children, we're all growing up in God. And sometimes we get it right. And sometimes we get it wrong. Sometimes we throw a tantrum in the midst of what's going on. Sometimes we feel like we get hurt. And sometimes we just say or do an amazing thing that makes our Father in heaven just smile over us. We're all on this journey of growing up and becoming more like Jesus. And God's given us freedom to choose. He's given us freedom to choose how we live our lives. He doesn't force us. You know, we can love a little bit or we can love a lot. We can choose to pursue maturity or we can choose to stay in that place of just wanting to throw a tantrum. But what God is looking for is mature people to represent him well. People who will pursue maturity. He wants a mature church. You know, it's through unity in our faith together with the body of Christ and that as we choose to submit to him and honour the gifts in one another, that leads us to maturity. And that leads us to represent a true picture of who Jesus is and that's what the world needs to see. You know, people who live differently, a people who, who love, a place where people uh, where we celebrate what we have in common and gather around what we agree on rather than dividing over what we disagree on. A place where anyone is welcome, no matter what our difference is, where everyone can come and belong and be part of our community. Just as we finish talking about maturity, I was just remembering as a child every year going to this theme park with my family. And every year I wanted to get on the the big roller coaster. I wanted to ride the roller coaster, but I was too short. And eventually one year when when we went back, I had grown enough that I was finally tall enough to ride the roller coaster 
And as I was just preparing this talk, I saw that like a picture. And I saw how um, that was a picture for some of us who who we want to ride the kind of roller coaster with God. Um, but actually some of us are, are kind of stagnant and that maybe we're in a place of boredom or just feeling like we're not going anywhere. And I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to invite us to choose to pursue him, to choose to surrender our lives more fully to him and to allow him to, to help us grow up into the things of God in order that we can ride the roller coaster with him. And, and so I just felt maybe that was a word for someone today that God wants to invite you to, that as you pursue him, as you grow in him, that, that you're going to be going on these incredible adventures with him, you know, like that, like that roller coaster. We need to be willing to pursue maturity. So to thrive in community, what we've looked at today is that how we need to give generously of ourselves, that we need to celebrate unity alongside diversity, but that as we, but that we also need to pursue maturity. Why don't we pray together as we finish? Thank you, Lord. God, I just thank you for your word this morning. I just want to thank you for the blessing of community. God, I want to thank you for the blessing of Sterling Vineyard Church family. I want to thank you for this community that has gathered over the last couple of years. I want to thank you for our passion for you, our passion to, to see you made known in our city. God, I pray that as a community, we would encourage one another. We would build each other up. That God, um, we pray protection over division. Lord, we, we pray protection over arguments, Lord. And instead, I just pray for a real spirit of unity among us as we look to pursue you and as we look to pursue what you want to do in and through us as your body. What a privilege it is to represent you. God, help us to love. Teach us to love. Teach us to give generously of ourselves, to be humble, to be patient, to be kind. Lord, would you help us? Father, I thank you for the many gifts that are within this church family, many of which we haven't even seen or experienced yet. Lord, would you grow the gifts within us? Would you help us honour the gifts that you have placed in our church family? Thank you, Lord. We just pray for a, a real spirit of unity, Father. And God, would you help us grow to maturity? Would you help us press on to the fullness of all that you have? God, we want to go on those adventurous roller coasters with you. We want to see the Holy Spirit do incredible things. Lord, help us pursue maturity to be able to handle all that you have for us, Lord. Just come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Amen.